Welcome to the e-commerce podcast with Matt Edmondson, a show that brings you regular interviews, tips and tools for building your business online. Well, hello and welcome to the e-commerce podcast with me, your host, Matt Edmondson. This is a show all about how to grow your own online business. Yeah, we deep dive into the topic of e-commerce and every week I get the amazing privilege of talking to people from literally the whole world of e-commerce and I get to ask them all kinds of questions about what they know and how it's going to help us develop our own online businesses. Now, historically, we have had one guest per show. So, uh, and we just deep dive, right? We just go into big old interviews with the guests. But because it's Christmas, we wanted to do something a little bit different. And we also wanted to connect with guests that had been on the show before. So we thought, let's do some mashup episodes. So we basically reached out to all of the guests. We invited them back onto the show to talk about Christmas and New Year's and their ideas and tips on how to do e-commerce better. So this is our second mashup episode. If you haven't done so already, make sure you check out the first one, uh, the first mashup episode, uh, which is actually episode number 43 the show you can you can see that at ecommercepodcast.net forward slash 43 but that was last week's show oh yes we had some great guests didn't we in last week's show and today is no exception uh, in today's show we've got some more guests lined up we've got ian moyes uh, and porig walsh who are going to be talking us through what to expect for a covid christmas and how to be better prepared for our own online businesses, what the pandemic means at Christmas time and how we can adapt and adjust accordingly in our own e-commerce businesses. All fantastic stuff coming up. Oh, yes. And of course, all of the notes from today's show will be available as a free download on our website. Just head on over to ecommercepodcast.net forward slash 44. Let me say that again and get it right this time. ecommercepodcast.net forward slash number 44 and you can download those no problem. Now, Without further ado, let's get started with our very first guest today, which is Ian Moyes. Now, Ian is the tech sales leader and social influencer. Oh, yes, he is the man. That is true. And he was back on the podcast way back in episode 21 as we talked about the seven steps to build your personal brand. It was a great show, even if I do say so myself. Uh, and so I was super pleased to catch up with, uh, with Ian. And so here's an excerpt from my conversation with Ian Moyes. So Christmas is approaching. What are some of the things that you think um, that business owners or e-commerce website owners need to change or need to put in place uh, as we head towards Christmas? What are some of your Christmas tips? Well, I, I think they're very different this year in, in 2020, Matt, than they would have been in other years for obvious reasons. And one of the things that I'm anticipating is is if you if you don't have a strong online presence, depending what your product or service is, it's going to impact you even more. Because think about the high street right now, mm. bricks and mortar. It's been struggling anyway. Typically, and I'll probably get the stats slightly wrong, but typically I always hear in the October to December period, they do, depending on the store, 60, 80% of their year's revenue yeah. in that period. And they've just had a lockdown imposed on them, right? So that, that's number one. They've just had a, a big chunk of it taken out of it. And, and, the, and the customer has had the opportunity to buy via that route 
And that's I, I would suggest that's the route where and this is the time of year often when you do yeah you'll do online, but people like to go out and the festivities and experience the festivities, take the kids, do the lights, do a bit of a lunch. Yeah. Do, so so the shops get a lot of footfall and you want to browse, right? It's browsing as opposed to purchasing a specific item that you've already selected is very different in the real world. Um, and I think the challenge is even coming out of this, if, if we all believe we will come out of it and December will be have any sort of normality, how many people are going to queue up outside a bricks and mortar store yeah. waiting for what is it going to be? Is it going to be 10 minutes or 40 minutes to get in because they can't allow the crowds in? And how many stores are you going to queue at before you decide I've had enough of this? Yeah. This isn't this because normally it's a fun experience. It's a family experience, right? Yep. You go out, yep. you go out with your partner, or you do take the kids, and it, it, it's the experience piece. The experience has been taken away, regardless if we come out of lockdown. It, it's gone. Yeah. Based on the distancing, will still be there for sure. So, I would suggest you've got to pivot right now. And I've seen this. I, I've been in discussion with some businesses who are rapidly trying to figure out how to adjust their business in panic mode. Because they hadn't, who thought it was going to go on to this when we last spoke? Wow, yeah, you just didn't know, did you? Everyone yeah. thought it'd be over by Easter. Yeah, and, and then I think people, what they did is put a tactical fix in place and, and then thought and looked at how do we mitigate, how do we use furlough, how do we use what there is to get through this period with a vision of we'll come out of it. Yeah. So a, a lot of people have not done the transformation they needed to do because it's painful and expensive. I think what they thought is we'll hedge our bets. We'll hedge our bets that we can get through three or four months and we don't need to do this. So let's just tactically do it. And now what I've witnessed is people having a different discussion, which is the pain is too great. I wish we'd done it before, but now we have to do it or we won't survive. And it's not easy. Digital transformation is a great buzzword, but it is hard to do. It's hard to pivot a business. Um, But that would be the advice is focus now on absolutely taking on board you have to pivot you have to find a way and not hedging your bets again because we don't know if we're going to go into lockdown and we'll have a third lockdown and it will go through to january february you know we've heard the government talking around well we we we, we hoping we should have some normality by the spring yeah so people's reaction hang on a minute did he say spring (laughs) yeah exactly so you've got to assume now the worst i think Mm. and deal with it and not have you know, don't use hope as a strategy because it isn't a good one. Yeah, hope's never a good business strategy, is it? Never a good business strategy. So what do you think some of the, um, say, building a digital presence, building a, a, your digital presence, people, you know, rapidly trying to pivot right now. What do you think are some of the key um, platforms, maybe key areas that people need to look at in this, uh, what was the buzzword, digital transformation? Where, where yeah. do you think people should go first? Well, I think the first thing is don't get oversold on trying to boil the ocean and become the Amazon type platform because it ain't easy and it ain't cheap. (laughs) I think identify what is minimal viable product, what is minimal viable that you can pivot to to get business and serve customers. Because, yes, the customer might argue, you might think they want us, but they want us to be perfection and have that Amazon type store and all that. Well, right now you're not going to get there. No. So, so how do you pivot in a way that means the minimal work towards where you need to be, but what gets you up and running? You know, think of restaurants. Mm. They have had to pivot and go, we need to do deliveries, move quick. We can still cook, but look at the basics. What can you do in the nature of your service or product 
that can continue driving revenue, not the level it was at before. Yeah. Don't, don't suddenly think, oh, my God, we've got to achieve that. What can you achieve and fight for it would yeah. be my advice. And don't get sold into any marketeers suddenly telling you, uh, give us all this money and, and we'll do all this wondrous stuff because you haven't got it, it, great long-term thing and have a look at it. But I, I think there's, there's going to be a lot of people around promising the world of we can build you a wondrous e-commerce yeah. website, and, yeah. and but you need to give us all this gazillion dollars. And what can you get away with is, is it right now? What can you get away with that your customers will put up with to serve them? Because there's lots of high street ones I'm seeing, like the cleaners, et cetera, figuring out right that you can't come in the store we can't do this but what we can do is we'll we'll, do, we'll figure a way out where you can drop off and deliver in a safe manner yeah so we so we can continue business what do we need to change that allows our customer to continue to engage with us and what i've witnessed i don't know about you matt but i've seen a lot of people during this actually really embracing local businesses oh, it's been businesses. it's been fantastic it's one of the great things to come out of this i think is people are going let's buy local yeah so people want to support you. So if you give them the option to, they're going to put up with stuff and they're going to, but if you just shut, you shut. Yeah, no, it's good. And the other thing that I've noticed, and I don't know if you've seen it, is I think in the minds of the customer who is now buying online, who would have gone into town for the lights and the coffee and the cake with the kids and all that sort of stuff. And um, one, like you say, there's a desire to buy local, to support local business because everyone's fed up with giving their cash to Amazon. Um, the other thing, is that I've noticed is there's a lot more grace from people. So you talk about the minimum viable product. Actually, um, that's okay right now because people are willing to, uh, in the current circumstance, they're like, it doesn't need to be delivered tomorrow. It's great if it is, but we understand that it might not be. We yeah. understand that this might not work properly. We understand that that might not work properly. And so there's a grace from the customer to, to work with you more than I've, I've ever known uh, because of COVID. Yeah, I think there's a pleasant surprise. Right? I, I needed a locksmith during the middle of COVID one, and my first thought was, "Oh no, I bet we can't get one." I bet, I bet, and they were responsive, came out, did a fantastic job, and it was like we were over, overly happy because we had a negative expectation from the start. We thought we're not going to solve this. Yeah, and I think right now, when you get that happening, and yes, they had to wear the mask and keep distanced and a bit different. But they came and they solved it where we expected we're not going to yeah. solve this. And we've had a number of those experiences. So I think make, find a way that your customer can still engage with you, mm. communicate with them that where, how it's going to be different so they know what to expect. And you're going to find people that are still there. People still need stuff, right? I, yeah. I, need, I couldn't wait a locksmith for how many months. I couldn't open a door and we have to go around the back. So there's still need for products and services. The world hasn't stopped. It's just different. Yeah, no, it's very good advice. Very good advice. So a big thanks to Ian. And if you would like to connect with him uh, or for free, get a copy of the notes from my conversation with Ian, please head on over to e-commerce podcast forward slash 44. Now, before we bring in the next guest, let me take just a minute uh, for this week's show sponsor. 
Let me take just a few seconds here to tell you about my brand new e-commerce course uh, that is perfectly designed for those of you who are looking to build your own online business, right? I know it's going to work well for you guys because we deep dive into the process that I use to build my own e-commerce businesses. We're going to look at the six key elements that you need to be aware of for building a successful online store. I'm utterly convinced it'll make a huge difference to your business. I am super proud of it, let me tell you. And it is brand new for 2020. It's called the e-commerce masterclass. You can check out what other people think about the course. You can find out more information on my site at mattedmondson.com. Now, my next guest is Porig Walsh. He is a behavioral psychologist. Can you believe that? Uh, and he has the most amazing hair. If you're watching this on video, you will know what I mean. Now, Porig was on the show in episode number 37, uh, and we looked at how to use behavioral design to improve our own e-commerce websites. So get ready, grab your notebooks, as Porig is going to share some more amazing insights into people's behavioral psychology at Christmas time. Here's my conversation with Porig. How does people's behavioral psychology change around Christmas? Um, so if we're running e-commerce websites, what are some of the changes in people's behavior that we need to know about? Would be a good question. Ooh, interesting. How does consumer behavior on e-commerce sites change around Christmas? And I suppose one of the interesting things about Christmas is that it's a shared experience. And the other thing that I find interesting about Christmas is that there is an absolute deadline. There is no shifting in Christmas Day. It is the- <laughs> it's not going to move. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sometimes I wish it would move, you know, but it is, it is firmly fixed at the 25th of December. So there is this element of group behavior that starts to emerge coming towards this very fixed deadline of Christmas. And this influences, this influences a whole host of different factors, I guess. You take the psychology of cues of a queue outside a pub or a nightclub or a cafe or a restaurant, or we start to see exclu- exclusivity emerge, mm. where people start to say, well, if there's a queue for something, if there are a lot of people trying to purchase this product, then there must be something good about it. There are yeah. books written about the, the psychology of queues. And we associate Christmas time with, with those queues and group behavior can be influenced by this, that mm. we are all trying to uh, come towards uh, come towards this deadline with lots and lots of, of, of either presents or things purchased. And the other interesting thing about Christmas, uh, I suppose, and I find is that there is so much built around tradition. So there is habit, there is ritual associated with Christmas. You talk to me about Christmas Eve and all I can think of is a caffeine-fueled extravaganza <laughs> in the most hateful shopping centre <laughs> on the suburbs of Dublin, rushing around trying to find something yeah. that looks big. And and it's, it's a horrible experience. But these rituals emerge. So we have group behaviour being an influence, that we see other people doing things. The conversations usually from the end of November onwards is like, are you ready for Christmas, Matt? Mm. And there becomes this inbuilt pressure. If you have 
the and there's a lot of nudges around that. If you go into town, you will see the the environmental factors of Christmas lights, of Christmas carols, of you know um, hot mulled wine around you. So your senses are being filled. The sound of carols, the sight of the the lights, the smell of mulled wine. That all of this primes us to revert back to those rituals that we would have associated with Christmas before. The conversations and interactions that we have with our peers relate again back to, are you ready for Christmas? How is Santi coming? All of these questions start to emerge and influence human influence our behavior. The deadline is also really important because it affects our decisions. Now, I, I, if I had more preparation, I'd, I'd have more, more uh, <laughs> research for you on this. But we know that with deadlines, it, it, it nudges our behavior again. Yeah. It, it, it moves us from pre-contemplation and contemplation. It moves us towards action. And it, it, it puts that, that pressure on us to move away from just thinking about doing something to acting on it, whether it's right or wrong. You, you heard at the start of the pandemic that governments were saying it doesn't matter whether what you're doing is right or wrong, as long as it's timely, make sure you act in time. Yeah. If it's right or wrong, just do something. And sometimes that's what I feel like. Around this <laughs> yeah, I know how you feel. It doesn't matter if this is a good present or a bad present, just buy something, for God's sake. <laughs> and, yeah. and so many of us can be influenced and feel that pressure because there is a de defined deadline associated with it, and it influences our behavior. As e-commerce uh, websites and e-commerce e developers realize that this has an impact on human behavior. When you go on to Ticketmaster, when you go on to, to uh, any flight website, you will see a countdown timer starting to come to say, act yeah. on this within this amount of time. So we know that the psychology of a deadline, we know the psychology of a countdown influences us from, from thought and contemplation towards action. And I think that's what Christmas is. It's the biggest... It's a huge global event um, that influences not just our our I suppose well-being and tradition and family, but also our consumer behavior as well. Yeah. Um, and then the yeah, so those those kinds of things. Then the final thing was the ritual. Yeah. And those influences on our senses. We know that when we I told you the story of popcorn in the cinema the last time, the, the story that where we are in the habit of going to the cinema and eating popcorn, even when we are not hungry, yeah. the person who regularly goes to the cinema and associates that sensory experience with eating popcorn will eat more popcorn than somebody who doesn't go to the cinema, even when they're less hungry. Yeah. And that's what starts to emerge is that that all of these sensory experiences prime us towards ex consumer behavior and that's that's what i think happens around christmas so do you think then um i mean just carrying that through the popcorn analogy how does does that work at christmas do people do i and i i you understand i know the answer to this because i'm smiling internally do i buy more and buy bigger because it feels christmassy do you know what i mean because the lights are in town because the carols are playing in the background do i feel slightly more generous because now i'm thinking christmas is about giving so i'll spend a little bit more or i'll buy more or i'll buy bigger well the data would indicate very very much so that people spend more around christmas that's where businesses are 
hoping to make most of their their sales and, and, and profit is around Christmas. And I was saying to you off air that Dublin uh, and Ireland has gone back into uh, level five lockdown mm. where non-essential retail has been essentially closed for the next five weeks. And that's, wow. and that's leading up to Christmas. Goodness and that's me. leading up to Christmas. So what they're hoping is that by the start of December, these, these non-essential retailers will be able to open to have that Christmas bonanza. Yeah. Safe the knowledge that we are all going to be influenced by these environmental factors, by the setting of the deadline that feed into this groupthink and this ritual that influence our consumer behavior. Take the, the research, and, I, and it's just one of many different types of research, but the popcorn uh, piece of research that happens. It's just there to demonstrate that when we find ourselves in the same scenario as before, we are we can we we can be conditioned to engage in particular behaviors that are habitual. Yeah. That are that are habitual. That we will say, okay, now I am feeling more relaxed. Now I'm feeling more generous. Now I'm feeling more fucking panicked. I'm going to spend more. <laughs> yeah. And all of these emotional, emotional variables prompted by deadlines, prompted by what's going on around us, prompted by the habit and ritual that we have developed over time, start to influence our consumer behavior as well. That's incredible. So I'm just thinking, like, as you're talking in my head, what does that mean? Does that should I then do things like let's design my website so it feels Christmassy? So I'm 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 making I'm sort of building on that cinema experience. If you like, when you're on the site, you feel like it's Christmassy. Am I tapping into that? Should mm. I put on their countdown timers like X amount of days till Christmas or X amount of shopping days left or even simple things we found like just putting on the site the date you know when last postages to various different countries. That really, that really is intriguing, um, and the impact that that has, and it's all sort of tying in with some of the stuff that you're saying. Like practically, how do I make this work? And and it, I, I, I just, it, 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 my mind is buzzing right now, Paul. Yeah, stuff that we can do. Think, think about the emotional state that you want your consumer to feel when they go onto your website. Yeah. Okay. So if you're saying, you know, uh, actually, on a slight tangent. I come from a small town in the middle of Ireland called Mullingar. And as we were younger, uh, my favorite shop in Mullingar was a bike shop down a little alleyway. And for 364 days of the year, they had a countdown, just a piece, a post-it note with a picture of Santa saying how many days to Christmas <laughs> left. So you would go there in January and it would say 352 days until oh, Christmas. Wow. And it would be counted down, wow. right? Not sure if it worked for them. It's closed down since. But anyway, <laughs> what, you, what you have... Maybe is, you remember it. I certainly do. And it, it took a lot of commitment from them to, to do that every yeah, day. Yeah. But think about what you're trying to, to promote on, on your website. Is that countdown to make sure you get your orders in or you will miss out? Is that the kind of emotion that you want to promote in your consumer? Is it anxiety? Is it pressure? Is it that feeling? Is that what you want your consumer to feel when they go onto your website? Or is it something like 14 days until you see the smile on your loved one's face? Yeah. 14 days until they experience the joy of having your product. Yeah. And that you're saying, okay, now this is this isn't something that is driven by what we call negative reinforcement, that I need to do this thing in order to avoid the aversive of missing out. Or do we want to promote positive reinforcement where we say, I need to act on this because yeah. I want to get this really nice response um, from my loved ones, from my family, from my kids, for myself, whatever that is. So the message 
that we put onto our website creates the emotional state and it has to match up with the emotional state we want to see from a consumer. And is is your consumer more engaged with your website when they are feeling good about themselves, when they are feeling like, yes, there's a sense of hope, yes, there's a sense of positivity, yes, actually, I can see the influence that this product is going to have come Christmas Day when that deadline is there. The deadline and the nudge still remains, but it's not a case of don't miss out. If you miss out, they're going to be really disappointed, but actually saying, look at the joy that this will bring. So wow. that's the that's the conundrum that presents with uh, with an e-commerce site, and it relates back to the emotional state that you want to present for your for your um, for your consumer. How do they want to feel when they act on this? Yes, have your nudges there. Maybe what you're like you'll see on on sites. This is a very popular product with lots of other people, or this is how people are saying. This is what they're the feedback they are giving to us about this product. And rather than keeping it at the bottom of the page, we incorporate that into the the, the front page of our site. These are popular because, or this is the feedback that we're getting from our consumers because that feeds into that groupthink that we see yeah. outside a shop on Christmas Day, that but it's moving that onto an e-commerce platform, that the, uh, okay. the deadline of Christmas is there, that you, you take those three different elements and say, okay, there's a queue outside a shop, there's a queue outside Brown Thomas on Grafton Street, people are going to say, well, geez, maybe I'll try and go in there, there must be something going on. Mm. How do you map that onto your e-commerce site to say, well, this is in demand, you see only X number of products left, or, you know, yeah. th- those are incorporated there. But not having it this sensory overwhelming um, site that is putting pressure on your consumer to act now, act now, that it's not a hard sell. Like what I was going back to, do you remember in our first conversation, I talked about the date analogy, where you're saying, if you're talking about yourself all the time on a date and not trying to inquire as to what what the person across the table from you wants, they're not going to ask you for a second date. So similarly for an e-commerce website, try to understand your consumer, get some information from them as they come onto your site and visit your store so that you can point them in the right direction and mm. say, given what you, who are you looking, who are you looking to buy for? Is it a loved one? Is it a child? Is it a colleague? Yeah. And then here are the things that are popular right now for people who are purchasing for a colleague. So that would be my thinking on it, on it, Matt, where you're mapping what's there onto an e-commerce platform. No, that's brilliant. Thanks, Pori. I just, I love that. What's the emotion that you're wanting to create in your customers and then figure out the best way to, to do that with those three things? No, that's fantastic. That is absolutely fantastic. I like it. In the, um, I was reading some research. Oh, geez. Yesterday, the day, I don't know, it all blurs into one, doesn't it? Um, I was reading some research around the beauty industry and how people, when they buy skincare products, they like companies that make them feel um, good about themselves without making them feel um, negative. Do you know what I mean? And it, and it's that kind feeling of feeling inadequate. Yeah, yeah. Without feeling inadequate. And but the research, but they, what they came back with and saying was, people like these companies. They do like these companies, and they like to deal with them. But for them to understand that, you've got to make them feel inadequate in the first place. And so the beauty industry has done this very good job at making people feel inadequate, despite the imagery, for example, that they would use. Do you know what I mean? You'd Photoshop an image of a beautiful person. It's like, oh, I don't look like that. Therefore, I feel inadequate. Therefore, I need the product mm-hmm. kind of thing. How do you, how do you, I guess, I, I don't know if there's a question in this other than how do you do that positive reinforcement um, without, and, and not the negative side of things? Because I, I, 
I think with our beauty business, we're very much on the positive side and we, we avoid at all times to try and stay away from the, you know, making someone feel inadequate type thing. Mm. Um, I don't know if I'm making sense or if I'm just blurbing okay. stuff. Up. Let's, 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 let's pair it back a little bit. So, so somebody is, is, is looking to purchase a beauty product. Okay. Is that, what is the goal of that so you think about any behavior that we that any of us engage in there is some reason that we're doing it there is some consequence that we would like to achieve from that sometimes we know it other times we don't okay however what we have then is a is a scenario where you are helping the person to identify the why Okay, mm -hmm. so is the why that I would purchase something in order to look like this Photoshop model? That is not a good why. And we know the reasons for that because the psychological impacts that has, health impacts, the fact that it's unattainable, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, mental health difficulties that emerge from this body mm -hmm. dysmorphia. So then we start to say, okay, there is another reason why you might want to engage with this product or this service, but it's based around well-being. Mm -hmm. It's based around you feeling good about yourself, that it's more based around accepting who you are and saying, I'm going to be a little bit better of who I am rather than trying to achieve some other alternative goal. So maybe what you're talking about or what I'm hearing is that there is this changing of the why that it's not trying to say the reason you buy this product is because you need to look more like this unattainable photoshopped uh, Barbie doll that is on front of you. But actually what it is, is saying that you are, you can be a better version of yourself with this product. Mm. You can feel better on your day to day. Uh, you, you, there is benefit to, to using this, which would have to be shown and, and demonstrated scientifically, but you would need to be able to demonstrate that this product is actually it's achievable. When we think about any goals, when we think about any whys, we talk about smart goals. We say it's specific, measurable, achievable, mm -hmm. achievable, uh, realistic, realistic and timed. So we're looking at the A and the R, that achievable and that realistic goal. Does this is this going to make me feel better? So why would I why would I engage with this product or why would I engage with this service? Well, there is demonstrable evidence here that it is going to make you ever so slightly feel ever so slightly better. It's going to improve your quality of life. And the why is not to say you are going to look like this person on a poster. Mm. So maybe that, that's what it is that's that, changing. Yeah, that's very good. Very, very mm. good. Love it. Well, a big thanks to my special guests in today's show, to Ian Moyes and Porig Walsh. You guys are amazing. Fantastic to absolutely catch up with you. Uh, always, always fun. Uh, and you know what? My aim whenever I speak to a guest is to find some real practical nuggets that I can use on my own e-commerce uh, websites. And I would say, gentlemen, mission accomplished. Oh, yes. Yeah. So I hope you got some great stuff out of it, too. If you did, then I would appreciate it if you could rate the show on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast and even share it out so that uh, by doing so we can connect with more folks around the world which is always good fun to do. As I said at the start of the show all of the notes, links and transcripts to today's show are online and you can get them for free at ecommercepodcast.net forward slash 44. That's all from me. Just to say a big thanks for listening and make sure you come back next week as we are going to carry on our mashup series. We've got some amazing guests coming up. I know. I genuinely know what is coming up and it's going to be good. You're not going to want to miss it. So make sure you stay subscribed. Uh, that's all from me. Uh, thanks for watching and I will see you again very soon. 
You've been listening to the e-commerce podcast with Matt Edmondson. Join us next time for more interviews, tips, and tools for building your business online.